This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Jeff Kuhn has locked down three really good receivers the past three weeks. What have you seen from him on film going into this matchup? There's a safety over the top of him, so he's really not locking people down, but he's a good corner. Welcome back to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM with the Joes and Aaron Hawksworth on the BetQL Network. Oh, I can't wait for this matchup now. DK Metcalf, Jeff Okuda, welcome back. BetQL Daily right here on the BetQL Network. Joe O, Joe G, Aaron Hawks are presented, of course, by BetMGM. A lot to do on the show next hour. Kenny Ducey will hit Major League Baseball. Will the Phillies collapse? Who wins the NL East? And looking forward to the postseason here with Kenny. And then Sam Paniano is going to join us at 1120 Eastern. So we wanted to touch on some NFL Week 4 props. And we could do, you know, we go with a lot of different areas here in terms of we could do week long prop, you know, week four props, highest scoring team, lowest scoring team. Joe, I know you think there could be some upsets this week. We also, yeah. uh, there's a prop out there when the Eagles will lose their first game. So let's just kind of go around and, and what props or, or what angles week four is standing out to us. What are you thinking? Um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of, lot of different directions. You know, in, in the London game, the Viking Saints game, isn't so much of this stuff injury related? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's harder on a Thursday when we've had one day of okay, we're gonna he practiced or he didn't practice. There's so much to come over the next couple of days. Are we even sure what's going to happen with the Saints? I thought we would know earlier in the week with all of these Saints players injured, uh, what we would be looking at, but we don't really seem to know, do we? We do not. We don't know. Um, I mean, Jameis thing is. Yeah. It, I mean, Jameis wants to play. It seems like Jameis is going to play, but he's banged up, and then he has to go on a you know cross world flight to get out there. Um, bad back. Right. I mean, he got that rest, but yeah, it yeah. seems like he'll probably play, but I don't know how healthy he is. So we're gonna do trend or truth later, but just because we're on this game, do you put any stock in the favorites having a lot of success in these London games? Does this mean anything, or is this just random matchups? Basically, one a year since 07. I guess we've had a couple of years with multiple London games. But if you look at since 07, when they started going, I think it was the actually think it was the Dolphins and Giants, the first one I remember in 07. Favorites 21, 8, and 1 straight up, uh, and 18 and 12 against the spread. It's, pretty it's a good. decent sample. It's a decent sample. Do you put anything into favorites doing well on Thursdays? Same situation. Well, not the same yeah. situation, but something somewhat similar. Like it's a random game with two teams, but the team, the better team, ends up winning and and covering more times than not. I don't know. I think it's kind of random, to be quite honest. I'm not quite sure what why it yeah. is. I think it, a bigger deal is how the teams are handling it on an individual basis. Are they 
going early? Are they getting acclimated just to the chaos that is playing over there and just the, the time change and playing in the morning, like getting, getting all that. I think the smart teams are going earlier in the week. I mean, I would have to see the numbers on that because, you know, sometimes not adjusting to a different time zone can work in your favor too. You know, you get in, you get out quickly. Um, I think, if, you know, if you arrive on a Friday or out by Sunday, you're not really like adjusting to the London time zone and a whole new environment. And maybe you're getting distracted in London too, you know, less distractions if you're just flying in late. Let's, um, let's, how about that Lions-Seahawks game? We heard uh, the uh, soundbite coming back from the break there, yep. right, with DK Metcalf. And I think just on this show, the opinions are all over the place on this game, which is interesting. It's, it's one we kind of have circled, and we have very different opinions, like all, all over the map. Uh, Aaron and Joe G, like the Lions in Survivor, I'm scared to death of the Lions. I'm scared to death of the Lions as a, as a four-point favorite, even though it, it is not a divisional matchup. When I, I know most of us talk down on Geno Smith, and that's fair. It's, he's not a good quarterback, and there's a reason he's always he's typically the backup guy that's coming in, and he will pop from time to time. We've seen good Geno games. Looking at the numbers after three weeks, I don't think he's that bad right now. I really don't. And we're a show that's faded him after that win in week number one, and I've said time and time again that's something that you put push to the side. You know, you don't want to put too much of your handicapping into what happened to week one because that was just a monster with the 12th man and Russell Wilson's first game. Geno Smith has the lowest bad ball rate in the NFL. Now, he plays it safe. Pete Carroll plays it safe. That's not the most shocking news, but it's certainly noteworthy. Explosive play rate, explosive pass rate. They're fourth in the NFL. I think that's a bit surprising for both of those categories. Uh, the problem has been once they get into the red zone, they've had a lot of struggles there, second worst. Now you could look at that as a couple ways, like, oh, this is bad offense. They're they're not getting it done when they get into the scoring zone, right? Or you could say, well, positive regression should be on their side and that number is going to come up a little bit. They're not going to stick around that 25 percentile mark all season right. long. So I, I think that's something that you could look at. Their defense is terrible. Terrible. They don't give up big runs, which is interesting because the Lions have a very good to great running back. It sounds like he's not going to be playing. I think the perception is that there's not that much of a drop-off down to Jamal Williams, that he's one of the better backup running backs in the league. I disagree. I think Swift is really good. He's, in a sense, underrated. I've got him as a top five back in the league. The numbers are awesome. And it, it goes along with a great offensive line that they have in Detroit. I mean, that's how they're building that team in the trenches. When we look at Swift, now it's, I think this stat is, you don't want to take too much into it because he gets limited time and he's usually in goal line situations. He can be a vulture at times for quarterbacks and some of the fantasy people get really upset about it that own Swift. Yards after contact per attempt. He's one of the worst in the league. He's 1.3 yards after contact per attempt, while Swift is fourth best. He's one of the best in the league. I find I find that interesting. I mean, the Swift numbers are off the charts. Rushing yards per attempt, 
yards before contact, yards after contact. He's top three, top four in every category. And then Jamal Williams, he's not as good. So I think that is a big deal, that if they end up losing Swift, because that's a guy that is so explosive. And, of course, Amon Ross, St. Brown. Um, the, the Lions defense, I talked about the explosion with Geno in the passing game that we've seen a little bit this year. Look, I mean, it, the Lions D, we, we were debating how bad are they during the break because one-third of that was that Eagles game. But I, I would argue that they've been bad throughout. Um, they're dead last in rushing success rate, and Pete Carroll wants to run. We'll see how much he sticks to it. They're 30th an explosive pass rate. They're 28th in EPA per play. They're not good. And DK Metcalf's ready to roll, it sounds like. I don't want to go against DK. What, is he going to have Skittles all morning? Then he's going to, yeah. be, he's going to be prime. He might. Though Justin Jefferson <laughs> did not do anything last week. I, I think the Okuda thing's real. Now, he didn't get on the field okay. much that first week. And then the last two weeks, they okay. they put him out there. I, I think something's happening here with him. He was third pick in the draft a couple years ago. Joe, you have me more nervous on this game. I will say, all as the week has gone on, and I'm not as worried about the Swift thing. You bring up good points about how is you know how good he is after contact. The Amon Ross St. Brown worries me. He's unsure if he could play through the ankle sprain. They need him. I think if they have him, they just will score more points. I mean, the bottom line is they'll score more than the Seahawks will score, and I think they'll be fine winning the game. Now we'll see if they cover the four, and it's it's close or not. If he doesn't play, I'm off this game in Survivor. I ha- I have to be. I mean, it's it's yeah. too much they're losing on the offensive side of the ball if, if there's no Swift and no St. Brown. So it's a worry. It, it's a worry. This game is – it's a it's a tough game in Survivor. It's a tough week in Survivor. I, I don't know what to do with this game now. I still like the Lions assuming St. Brown plays. But, Aaron, what do you think? You wavering like I am on the Lions a little bit? A little bit. I do think the St. Brown thing is a big deal. Um I think we just need to wait. I don't really feel strongly about and have a super strong opinion about either the, you know, taking the lines and survivor yet. Um, in terms of this game props wise, I know we were talking about the Geno Smith offensive explosion, you know, against the Falcons, they have one of the worst defenses in the league. I mean, he had 325 yards, but in the other two games against the Niners and Broncos, 197 and 195. So I like under 253 and a half passing yards for Geno Smith. And I also like under on um, DK Metcalf, 62 and a half receiving. Um, again, against the Falcons, he had 64, but against the Niners and Broncos, 35 and 36. So those are a couple props that I'll be on in this matchup. Okay. It's... uh. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. 
Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Oh, man, it's, I, I'm, I'm just surprised looking at some of the numbers. Maybe Seattle's better than we thought. I don't, I don't know. It's a small sample size, but they're cornerback Tariq Woolen. He has one of the best, uh, best marks as far as passer rating when targeted. It's 33. So that's something I'll be watching, especially if Ross St. Brown is out there. Um, are we at a point where, you know, I think most people that do props, they end up leaning to overs. And the, the, a lot of times it's the matchup. It's obvious overs. And so those numbers are pumped up a little bit. Are, are we at a point where we should start to look at Derrick Henry unders? I'm, I, I'm so glad you brought this up. I was going to, I wanted to talk about this. He hasn't run okay. well. Yeah. He hasn't run well. I mean, like at some point do we wonder, like, and look, it's always worrisome because like, what if he goes for 200 on Sunday? He's done this before many times in his NFL career, but I think we should. I, the, the, it feels like there's still a respect for him out there, and and I understand it. It's Derrick Henry, but I don't I don't see it right now with him with the way he's running the football. I don't think this is a great matchup either. And if you, I mean, want to talk about burst? Listen, King Henry, man. And then when there's contact in the past, it didn't matter, right? Like he's gonna drag you yeah. for twenty yards, but he's he's not getting anywhere before contact. Like they're getting on him immediately in the backfield. He is forty seventh right now in the NFL in yards before contact per attempt. Forty seventh. He's getting one point three yards before contact, and what we've seen with this Colts run defense thus far is pretty good. Pretty good. They're number one in the NFL in adjusted line yards. They're number three in on defense in rushing success rate. So they've been able to stop the run. And I, yeah, this might be this might be a, a place to uh, to go back to and take a look at Derrick Henry unders this week. I he doesn't have the respect that he once did. But I'm wondering maybe we want to jump on this now before we start to lose some of those numbers the rest of the season. Yeah, I mean, he hasn't come close to 100 yards yet. You look at his three games so far, 82 yeah. on 21 carries, 25 yards on 13 carries, and that Bills blowout. And then wasn't last week supposed to be his week? Raiders came in, terrible rust defense. It was the week to go yeah. off. And, he, I mean, he had 85, but it took him, what did he have, 20 carries last week, 4.2 a carry? It's more pedestrian than it is special for Derrick Henry. Yep. I think it's an under. For I, sure. I like that. 71 and a half is the number that I'm seeing. It has come down. I was thinking 78, 77 wow. and a half. Wow. When was the last time we saw Derrick Henry number that low? It's been a long time. Yeah. He's usually very big numbers. If, if you're on the Colts, you would think that, that even that under would hit. The way he's been running, and it's a tougher matchup. He'll probably have a game where he pops and people make a big deal about it, but I, I would not be betting Henry Overs. That's for damn sure. Even even though that number might sound pretty good, I'm not, I'm not buying into that. You know, this Bears-Giants game, props-wise, overs on the running backs, both sides. It is the one strength that both teams have. Saquon Barkley for the Giants and X running back for the Bears, whoever it is. Herbert has had a fantastic start to the season, led the league in rushing last year. The Giants have been bad against the run. The Bears have been terrible against the run. Number of metrics both teams are down, and neither coaching staff trusts their quarterback. So this cl clock is going to be going tick, 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 tick all day, and I would just I would just look at these props with these running backs. The Saquon numbers are 
ridiculous. I mean, he looks elite. I saw um, Boomer Esiason was on with Kay Adams yesterday in, in a video that was going around. And Boomer does a ton of inter- interviews every week. In New York, WFAN Morning Drive covers the Giants, you know, connected to that organization, right? He's suggesting the Giants need to trade Saquon now. His value is peak, and a team like the Bills might give you give up some assets for Saquon Barkley. How, how about that idea? I mean, it's tempting. I've, I'm never someone that wants to give up a number of assets for running backs, and the Bills have drafted a bunch over the last couple of years trying to fix that position, something they must not like about Singletary. That would be tempting. You have this ready-made champion, it feels like. And you're in that, I'd say, pretty big window because Josh Allen's, you know, he's just taking off right now. He's not won the MVP yet. He will at some point. I would be very tempted to give up maybe a two or a three for Saquon Barkley. And and the relationship between the front offices, I mean, that's where Joe Shane came from and Brian Dable. There you go. And there's no, con- there's no connection. Go. There's no connection to Saquon, right? They're building something for the future. Like the, the, when the Giants are ready to win – Saquon's probably not anywhere close to what he is right now. I could see that. That would be a fun storyline around the trade deadline. NFL Week 4, line movements, the latest on these games. That's next right here on the BetQL Network. We'll be right back with BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network.